Welcome to the podcast series, Animated Living, where we help you to live out the best version of you, the most animated version of you. I'm Ian Freestone, and I'm your host. Did you ever watch any of that series alone? I watched it on SBS On Demand. It's one of the more authentic reality shows, I would say. They get 10 or so participants and place them in isolated places like Inner Mongolia with half a dozen items, maybe a knife or a sheet of tarpaulin, and they have to survive in the wilderness. And they're like 10 kilometres apart from each other, so they don't see each other. They make their own shelter, they hunt their own food, they keep warm in freezing temperatures, etc. And then the person who can stick it out the longest is the winner and gets half a million bucks. So they're out there for up to 90 days, completely alone, with GoPros filming their every move. So it's pretty full on. But here's what I found fascinating. For many of the contestants, it wasn't the sub-zero temperatures or the difficulty in trying to catch a fish in the freezing cold river or the mice that would harass them during the night, or the bears or the howling wolves. It was the sheer and utter loneliness of going through that hardship whilst being separated from family and friends. It seems that us human beings do have the capacity to endure hardship, but if we have to do it by ourselves, well, that's another story. The COVID-19 pandemic has cruelly swept across the world over the last couple of years. Just when you think it's under control, there's another wave. As I record this, there's another wave happening in Japan, which is placing a big question over the Olympics. 4,000 people a day are dying in India. And poor countries around the world will continue to suffer because of difficulty accessing the vaccine. Here in Australia, we have, at least up until now dodged a huge bullet. But so many have suffered, and so many have suffered alone. And that aloneness can be worse than the virus itself. If being forced to be socially distanced has shown us anything about ourselves, it's that us human beings don't do it too well. (laughs) Health authorities have already warned of social distance fatigue. We just want things to be normal again. And you see this right around the world. Even in places where the virus is still killing hundreds of people every day, people are tired of being apart from one another. Although physically this is necessary from a health point of view, there's a huge emotional and mental impact that comes from being separated from one another. Even with technologies like Zoom and FaceTime Live and the ability to connect online, that's never going to replace the need for face-to-face contact and being in physical proximity to one another. We are made for contact. Being socially distanced and being human, it seems, are in conflict. And when someone voluntarily removes themselves from society, we describe that person as having some kind of psychological condition. They are a loner. So I want to share with you a few minutes on the importance of team, having people around you. 
Philosopher Albert Schweitzer said, in everyone's life, at some time, our inner fire goes out. It is then burst into flame by an encounter with another human being. We should all be thankful for those people who rekindle the inner spirit. Living life to the full, becoming fully alive, does not happen in isolation from others. An animated life is a life joined to others. It involves relationships of mutual dependence. We recognise the contribution that each brings and we value and respect other people and the important role they play in our life. So let's do a bit of a health check to see how you are going in your connectedness with others. You can celebrate where things are strong and identify one or two ways in which you could take some steps towards building a better team in your life. So the first thing to think about is, do you have one or two close friends that you can be completely honest with? You might have a bunch of friends that you connect with on a regular or semi-regular basis. You might even have a thousand friends on Facebook. But would you say you have one or two friends you are completely honest with? And I'm not talking about having a friend who loves to listen to you complain about others. I'm talking about having someone that you can be completely honest about your stuff, your hopes and dreams, your failings, your feelings. You'll know if you have a friend like that because when you confide in them, they don't judge you or dump advice on you. They listen to you, respect you, and when needed, are lovingly honest with you. Finding and nurturing these kind of friendships takes time and trust. It's quite possible you have someone in your life who is almost that kind of friend. Perhaps you just need to open up a little bit more with them and take it to the next level. Here's another thing on our checklist. Do you meet together socially with peers at least weekly? Assuming that you're not in any um, restricted COVID lockdown situation, this could be new parents meeting up at a local park. It could be your early morning surf. could be Friday drinks. It's a group where you can be yourself, share a laugh, swap stories and feel a sense of camaraderie. Sometimes we turn social invitations down because we've got work to do or there are family expectations or we just don't feel like it. But connections like this are healthy and can provide a rhythm to our week. It becomes something we look forward to and it's something we come away from glad that we did it. Thirdly, do you have a healthy and growing relationship with your partner? I want to encourage those of you with partners to invest in that relationship. Simply, this means time together, fun together, learning and growing together, respect for one another, and talking positively to each other. It means saying sorry when you stuff up, forgiving one another. It means supporting your partner to live an animated life. It means living an animated life together. For example having adventures together, or doing the fitness or diet program together, or serving in your community together. And if you and your partner have children, it means finding time with each other apart from the kids, nurturing a relationship with each other that's not all about the kids. And if your relationship is going through a challenging season, getting the help you need to find a way through it. 
There are also many marriage courses around that you can plug into that are designed to renew and strengthen your relationship. Next question. Do you participate regularly with at least one community that shares the same hobbies or beliefs? The value of these kind of groups is that often these people are not your peers or people that you would normally select as your friends. And yet, you do have something strongly in common with them, a shared interest or shared values. It could be a faith community or the swim club or a photography group. One of the benefits of these groups is that they span the ages. They might include people your parents' age or people the age of your children. This cross-generational connection is healthy for everybody. Belonging to a group like this reinforces and strengthens your values and your interests and builds your social capital. If you don't turn up one week, people notice and maybe get in touch with you to check that everything is okay. Next question. Do you know some of your neighbours and go out of your way to build relationship with them? Depending on where you live, this might not be possible, but where it is possible, I say do it. I know for me, hanging out with my neighbours, doing barbecues together and welcoming new people into our street has been very important and positive and has led to different people supporting each other at different times, as well as the formation of some valuable friendships. Next question. Do you have positive family time at least once a week? I almost feel like this doesn't even need to be said. Do you know that in 1982, 43% of dads had never, ever changed a nappy? That figure now, in 2021, is 3%. Dads are spending three times more time with their kids than they did a generation ago. That's a big shift. But let's keep the trend going. Read to your kids. Have fun with your kids. Go on holidays with your kids. Affirm and encourage them. Give, give them space to be honest with you without feeling judged or you needing to give advice. Give them space to take risks. Be their own person. Let them start to take responsibility and express their opinion. Build a strong bridge early so that in later life, when maybe they have a bit of a wobble, they know that you are there for them and they are loved and valued no matter what. You can always do a parenting course as well to improve your skills. Next question, do you have good relations with family members? For example, parents, in-laws, siblings. As they say, you can pick your friends, but you're stuck with your relatives. So try not to bind to the politics and power plays that sometimes go on in families. Choose to love, be gracious and not take sides. It's just not worth it. Now, that approach might not be reciprocated, but as far as it depends on you, seek to live in peace with everyone. If you do have good relationships with your wider family, I would say don't take it for granted. Eat together, do fun things together, holiday together. And maybe, you know, with a brother or sister you haven't talked to for a while, just phone them up for no reason, just to see how they're going. Your brother or sister might get a bit of a shock to hear from you, but again, it's worth it. Sometimes family members drift apart. Maybe there was a conflict years ago. Perhaps it's time to bury the hatchet and free you and others to move on. And I guess if a family member has made it very clear to you that they don't want 
relationship with you, then for your own health, it's best just to respect that and move on. Maybe try again in another couple of years and see if anything's changed. Next question, are you happy with your relationships in the workplace and are you known as someone who values healthy team relationships? I think the biggest challenge in the workplace in regard to relationships is treating people like human beings, not as a resource to be managed. Call me naive, but I think the rules of respect, truth, humility and kindness go a long way to building a culture of life in your workplace. So be reflective about your own behavior at work rather than picking faults in others. Look for things to affirm in others. Value diversity. Prioritize people over tasks. Give up the need to control others. Be fair, generous, and when you need to, brutally honest, all with one goal in mind, to see your fellow worker become the best human they can be. And finally on our checklist, are you living with any unresolved breakdown of relationship with anyone? We touched on this when we looked at family relationships, but breakdown in relationships is a fact of life. If from your end you can do something to prepare it, you should. If the other party is not willing to be reconciled, then you are free to walk away. But sadly, and all too often, People become prisoners of their own resentment and bitterness. We think because of something that happened, we have a right to be angry or hold a grudge, and the only person we really end up hurting is ourselves. Oh, and maybe those close to us, because we're living with unresolved anger. So feel the anger, sure. Express your disappointment, sure. But ultimately, to truly live an animated life you will need to come to a place of forgiveness. It doesn't mean that what happened was insignificant. It doesn't mean they need to be your friend again. It doesn't mean you should trust them in the future. It doesn't mean that there shouldn't be consequences for their actions, but it does mean that through forgiveness, you are now free to live. So there it is, a checklist to build a healthy team. So today... Go be a friend to someone. You'll both be better for it. 